0: We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson Preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi And now, Mike Hickson It ought to be of great encouragement To all of us to to know that wherever we go in life, whatever we do, God is always by our side. The song that Billy led just a moment ago, Anywhere with Jesus. I can remember singing that song as a little fella. And I learned that when I was just a, a little guy in Chattanooga. And every time we sing that song, I think back to... My childhood. And so I appreciate that song tonight. I want us tonight to look at several passages of Scripture in connection with our theme, God Will Never Leave Us. And there are several things I want us to think about. I mentioned a moment ago how encouraging it is to us to know that God is always with us. And Ben read a moment ago from Hebrews chapter 13, where the writer said, On behalf of God, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is a promise that God has made, and God keeps his promises. The Bible tells us it is impossible for God to lie. So when God tells us that he will be with us, we can take it to the bank. There are three areas that I want to share with you tonight that I believe we find the presence of God, I want to begin by, first of all, suggesting that God will never leave us in times of duty. We have multiple responsibilities in the kingdom of God. God has given us a number of things to do on His behalf, one of which, of course, is evangelism. And I want to share with you an Old Testament example I want us to look at a man by the name of Joshua just very quickly and go back to Joshua chapter 1 and think with me for a moment or two about the call of Joshua. If you go back and you look at the Old Testament, in light of the call of Joshua, you'll find that God in the long ago used a man by the name of Moses to mentor Joshua. As a matter of fact, the text tells us in Exodus chapter 24 and about verse 13 that Joshua was an assistant to Moses. Can you imagine having the opportunity to stand shoulder to shoulder with Moses, the great leader and lawgiver of ancient Israel? God, no doubt, using Moses to equip Joshua For leadership. And we talk about mentoring people today, and I think about the words of Paul in Titus chapter 2 when he talks about how the aged or more mature men are to teach the younger men. And likewise, the aged, more mature women are to teach the younger women. There's a lot to be said for equipping people for duty. And so, God equipped Joshua for his role in leading the children of Israel into the promised land. Not only did God equip him, but he gave him valuable experience. And again, here's Moses out working on behalf of God, and he has an assistant, somebody who is working under him. And he can function somewhat like a tutor. Many of us have been blessed in days gone by by having individuals who have mentored us and have encouraged us. And no doubt Moses played a great role in the leadership qualities of Joshua. But I think about his call and then note if if you would with me the command to Joshua because I think here we see the fact that God not only equips But he gives us great encouragement. In verse 2, here's what God said to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses. From the generation or from the wilderness and this Lebanon, As far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and of the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. So first, God commands him to arise and go. And then I want you to note, beginning in verse 5, some comforting words of assurance as Joshua goes to the work, the task before him. Verse 5, here's what God said. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now, you've got to understand the context here. Moses has been the great leader and lawgiver of ancient Israel. He has functioned on behalf of these people for 40 years. Moses is now dead, and God needs somebody to stand in the gap and lead the people into the promised land. That person was Joshua. Now, you think about that awesome responsibility. And yet God assures him, just as I was with Moses. And did Joshua not know that God had been with Moses every step of the way? Absolutely. And so he could draw upon those past experiences. In verse 6 he said, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So two times God assures Joshua, Look, as you assume this role of leadership, I'm going to be with you every single step of the way. What's the application to us? God has given us tasks, responsibilities within the kingdom of God, one of which is to reach the lost with the gospel message. And so in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the the Holy Spirit. And then he said, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So God is with us as we try to make his name known throughout this world. The task of evangelism is enormous. We live in a world of some 7 billion people. And just as God equipped and enabled Joshua to fulfill his work, God has given us his word to equip. He has given us the responsibility of mentoring and training younger people so that as older folks... Step out into eternity, the younger can fill their shoes. And so, to know that God is with us, and we talk about evangelizing and edifying and reaching out to those who are in need. Is God with us? Yes. To know that God hasn't left us out here to try to make this thing happen without Him. But to know His presence is always there. You go back to the first century and you look at the establishment of the church and not just the establishment but infancy and growth. The rapid growth of the church and to know that God was with those people. And by the way, the church was established during the days of the Roman Empire and the Roman Empire was a pagan empire. And there were a lot of forces at work against the children of God and yet in that cradle of persecution the church grew. The book of Revelation, written against the backdrop of people suffering for their faith. And yet the assurance given to those saints in the long ago that God was with them. And He'll be with us. second thing I want you to see, not only will God never leave us in times of duty, He will never leave us in times of difficulty. I want to give you an Old Testament example and a New Testament example. The Old Testament example is... There's a young fellow by the name of Joseph. Joseph, as you recall, was the favorite son of his father. His brothers sold him out. They sold him into the hands of the Ishmaelites and the Midianites. And the Bible tells us that Joseph ended up down in Egypt. And he spent some 20-plus years separated from his family and friends, didn't he? And yet in Joshua, or rather in Going back and looking at the book of Genesis in chapter 39. The Bible tells us three times in that chapter. First, the Bible says that Joseph rose to prominence in the household of Potiphar. And guess what? The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. The chapter closes with Joseph in prison, maligned. By his master's wife. And two times in that context, the Bible says, the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph separated from the father he loved. Friends and family members separated from that place we call home. The shelter of home. And yet the Bible, the Bible tells us that God was with him. And then I think about the Apostle Paul. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul speaks of the persecutions and afflictions that he faced at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. Timothy, well aware of the difficulties Paul faced in his ministry. And yet the Apostle Paul said, And out of them all the Lord delivered me. In chapter 4, when Paul wrote, about to sign off, in terms of being one of the inspired penmen, he talked about how he had been forsaken by many, many people. He said, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all men forsook me. He said, I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. But then he said, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Here is the Apostle Paul in a Roman prison cell. And he recognizes that death is imminent. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. He knew that Nero Caesar would eventually have his head. And so before laying aside the pen of inspiration, in writing to Timothy and also providing us with words of encouragement. He could say, look, a lot of folks may may have turned their backs on me. It may be the case that people wouldn't stand with me, but I want you to know one thing. God in heaven stood with me. Now, what's the encouragement for us? The encouragement is just as God was with Joseph, just as he was with the Apostle Paul, He will be with us. I can assure you of that. There's a great psalm, Psalm 46. In Psalm 46, a lot of speculation over the background to the writing of this psalm. The psalmist said, God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. In two verses in that chapter... The psalmist said, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Think about that. The psalmist here talking about the calamities that are going on in the world around him, the problems, the difficulties, and yet he says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Is it not the case that whatever we face in this life, whatever difficulties we come Face to face with, on a daily basis, the Lord of hosts will be with us. The God of Jacob will be our refuge in times of difficulty. A lot of difficulties and trials and tribulations in the world in which we live. Many times we go back and look at the scriptures and reflect upon individuals whose lives were marred with heartaches and sorrows and trials. And we understand that we live in a world that is besieged by these things. But to know that we are the crown of God's creation. And that God is intimately aware of every single thing we face in life. If you want some words of encouragement, read Matthew chapter 10. When Jesus said, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do you remember he talked about the birds of the air, the fowl of the air, the sparrows? He said, A sparrow cannot fall to the ground without your heavenly Father knowing it. And then he asked this question, Are you not much more valuable than they? God has a vested interest in us. God loves us. He cares about us. And because He loves us and cares about us, He's there for us. He is with us every step of the way. As the Hebrew writer said in the long ago, I will never leave you nor forsake you. To know that God will be with us come what may. And then there's a third thing I want to share with you. God will never leave us in our time of death. I want to begin by just very quickly talking about the probability of death. The Bible says that Death is a reality to those of us in the human family. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 verse 12, Through one man, death entered into the world. Death is a result of what happened in the Garden of Eden. And down through the ages, men and women have succumbed to death and will continue to do so. Unless Jesus Christ comes in your lifetime, the chances of you dying are 100%. Now think about that. The odds are not in our favor when it comes to death. Somebody said on one occasion, I am a dying man talking to dying people. As I grow older in life, I recognize that hourglass is running out. Time's getting by. And so, at some point in time, death will be a reality. We'll leave this world. And yet, To know that as a child of God, there are provisions. To know that we do not have to experience death alone. Paul talks about the sting of death in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Hebrew writer said, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this cometh the judgment. So, What kind of provisions are in place for those of us who belong to the body of Christ? First and foremost, I would tell you that from the human vantage point, it's difficult for us to see positives in death. But there are positives. For example, in Philippians chapter 1, in verse 21, Paul said, For to me to live is Christ. But then he said, To die is gain. Why in the world would he say death is gain? Why would he say to depart and be with Christ is far better? Is it possible that the, uh, that the Apostle Paul could see beyond this veil of tears? could look beyond the here and now to something far better. Understanding that once we step out into eternity, those things that plague us and are such a thorn in our flesh are behind us. So we go to a place that is described as gain. And then there's a second thing. The Bible tells us it is a place of comfort. You ever had, you ever had a day where it seems as the day wears on? You have just been besieged by one thing after another. And this has happened and that has happened. And when the day comes to an end, you're tired, you're weary, you're hurting, you want some comfort. The Bible tells us that When Lazarus died, according to Luke 16, verse 25, he was in a place of comfort. There are people in our world today that have faced some things that would make angels weep. And it is difficult to comfort them. But to know that one day, we will be in a place of comfort and then there's another thing it will be a place of rest i mentioned a moment ago a day where you're weary you're tired you've been besieged by this and that and that turmoil and all these things going on and you just want some rest a reprieve John said blessed of the dead which died the Lord yes says the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them Another thing I want to share with you very quickly I want you to turn with me I want to look at two passages very quickly First I want to call attention to Psalm 23 Psalm 23 Many of us have known this this great psalm since our childhood. I want you to listen to what David said many, many years ago. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Now listen to Him in verse 4. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And why is that, David? For you are with me. I want you to know a child of God does not step out into eternity alone. God said that He'd be with us, didn't He? David said, I will not fear death. And why is that? Because He said, you are with me. And then look at Luke chapter 16. Luke 16. The rich man and Lazarus. I would encourage you to make a notation. In Luke 16, you recall the the rich man had it all here on planet Earth. Lazarus was just a poor beggar. The Bible tells us he was full of sores and he was laid at the gate of the rich man. Verse 21, he desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell down from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died, now listen, and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. I can't tell you how many times I've thought about I can't tell you how many times I've thought about people that I've known and loved that have stepped out into eternity. And I have been left with the awesome realization that where they died, there were angels present. I said not long ago, Brother George and I had the opportunity to stand at the foot of the bed as Sister Payne neared the end of her life, and I'm not sure how often she would cry out to us, pray for me, pray for me, and when I go down Sandage and pass her house on many days, and I look to that little house and think about that little room, that little bedroom where she was. I can't help but think there were angels in that home. There are hospitals around this city where some of God's greatest servants have been and angels have attended to them there. So I want you to know when you face death, You don't need to be afraid and scared and worried. You don't need to fear that you're going to be doing, you're going to be making this journey alone because David said, God will be with you. And Jesus said, the angels will bear your soul to the Hadean realm, to paradise. Do you remember in Luke 23 when one of the thieves said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. When that man died upon that cross, I am fully convinced the angels bore his soul to paradise. That's comforting. The Lord will be with us in times of duty, in times of difficulty, and in the time of our death. I hope and pray that when we study when we study things like this, that it encourages us to know that there is a God in heaven who is always at our side. Won't you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're grateful for your presence in our lives. We're so grateful to know that in life and death, that you're always by us. We ask at this time that you bless each and every person here. We pray for those who are struggling, to those who are hurting, We pray for those who have lost loved ones. Give them the comfort that only you can provide. And may we always look to your word for strength and guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ, believing with all of your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. The Bible tells us faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And if you if you believe the gospel and you put your faith and trust in Jesus and repent of your sins and confess his name before others, and then are baptized into Christ, the Bible assures you, assures all of us, that God will wash away our sins, Acts twenty two, sixteen. And the assurance is God will put us in the church, Acts two forty seven. And that if we're faithful until death, there is a crown of life awaiting us. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the anchor of the soul. Fast and sure, while the billows roll, fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love.